Welcome back to Synchronicity, the Godcast where we know that nothing is a coincidence and thus everything is intentional. How do you feel about that? Let's talk about it. I feel horrified about it right now, but that's because if you've been following the last few episodes, if you listen to the last few Godcasts, you know that I am in the process of being evicted from my home and losing a space to live here in LA. Not just that, but I'll be further and deeper in debt. And it's even more painful because I actually had the opportunity to leave my apartment with no debt. But it's because my roommate is wrapped up in a lawsuit where the lawyers keep lying to her that we were not able to leave exactly when we were given the opportunity to. And the real negative synchronicity here is that the management of our building switched right in the middle of us negotiating with them about the rent. So the previous building manager that we had offered us this rent forgiveness deal in exchange for leaving. And she understood that it was because of this lawsuit that we couldn't leave just yet. She understood that, so she was working with us. But it's because the management switched, and now we have a man, a man who's been evicted before. He's bitter and narcissistic. So because he's bitter and narcissistic, he manifests himself as an insecure narcissist, where he feels like everything is about him, but he believes everything is about him in a way that results in him not actually being stable. So that's what insecure is. When you're insecure, you are unstable. So it's because we have a new building manager, he would much rather evict us than continue doing what the previous manager was doing, which was to understand and empathize with our circumstance and make forgiveness possible make grace possible. He's not doing that at all. He's on the other side. He wants to see us removed. He wants to see us in debt. He wants to see us even more poor than we already are. Because honestly, it seems like that's the major difference between men and women. Men think about themselves. Women think about others. So this is fire and water, all right? So I'm giving this to you. Your fire, your man, is your ability to think about yourself. Your woman, your water, is your ability to think about others. So I'm seeing a huge difference between men and women right here in my eviction. The woman, as water, wanted me and my roommate to be connected to the corporate, the lawyers who are in control of this system. And it was because the woman wanted me and my roommate to be connected to the lawyers and corporate that we actually got a very gracious, generous offer. 
and that was working positively in our favor. But again, we were in the middle of communicating about the details of this offer when the management shifted. The woman was removed (laughs) because she was doing such a good job. It's like she didn't get fired. The woman was promoted to go do more work for the company. And in fact, she lives in my building. (laughs) So I still see her around. But now, even though she is friendly to me in person, she doesn't reply to my messages about this circumstance. She's not replying to any of my emails about helping us because she got upgraded to a different building. And now we have a man who does not want us to be connected to corporate. And that's him using his fire to separate us from the previous deal that we had received. So I'm in an incredibly painful circumstance where I am having poor Peter Parker luck. (laughs) So I feel very unlucky. The fact that I was given the opportunity to not be evicted and not be in debt, but it's because my roommate was still wrapped up in all of her lawyer stuff that we felt like we had to communicate with the building about that. And then the management got shifted and now the new manager does not care. He does not have the water. He has the fire. He does not connect with us. He wants to separate from us and he wants us to be separated from the previous connections that we were given. And that's the synchronicity that I'm going through. So this podcast is about one of the most negative synchronicities in my life. And this was a time that the Ku Klux Klan almost killed Ku Khan. AKA, this is a story of a time that three white guys tried to kill one black guy. Three Masons in training ganged up on the newest messenger of Mercury. Now, I've already told this story in my Spider-Man Let's Play after I dealt with my super racist experience at the clinic. (laughs) After I was removed from the clinic because the new worker there, the new white dude, used his fire to lie to everyone and make everyone hate me after I was welcomed there for two years. So it's just so traumatic because that's what it feels like I'm going through with this building now where the previous management that was connected to me and cared about me has been upgraded as in one, the one awesome manager who loved me is promoted. The other one who's not a manager, he's just a worker, but he's about to go somewhere else because the new management we have is so negative and so fiery. It's a very narcissistic dictatorship. And that's exactly what the worker who's leaving told me, that this place is turning into a dictatorship. And dictatorships are ran by insecure, narcissistic, violent men. So even the property manager, and not just the property manager, but his boss, they're both ignoring me. They both are not connecting to me They both refuse to talk to me and they want to evict us. They would rather ignore us and wait for us to get pushed out of the building 
then actually continue working on the connections that the woman had already fostered. So this is a difference of men and women. Men think about themselves. Women think about others. It's because a woman was thinking about me that those connections were even possible. But it's because men think about themselves that all this separation is possible. So this is the balance of men and women in the universe. Men as fire are about separation. Women as water are about connection. And this is the essential difference of the ego and the soul. All right. So the ego is fire. Your ego is your man. Your soul is water. Your soul is your woman. So since I'm in this painful circumstance of getting thrown out of my home and being plunged deeper in debt and having an eviction on my record. So it's only going to be harder to get another home. And I have all this regret about not making us take the deal because if we had taken the deal, we would not have an eviction on our record. So we would have been able to get another place. But instead, because we were not able to take the deal in time and because the management shifted over from a woman to a man, from an empathist to a narcissist, now we're about to be in debt and not be able to get another place when we could have gotten a different place and had all this debt erased. It's so, like, it's such a, it's so painful. It's such a painful, scary circumstance to be in especially like i'm saying when i use a spirit molecule to separate my mind from my body god is telling me oh you're safe you don't get evicted everything is handled you're protected and i feel like i'm being lied to by the fire of god so this is why masons jewish christians the followers of judaism overall they worship god Abraham, jealous Jehovah, as an all-consuming fire, because fire is the God element. And the problem is, fire is separate from the universe, so it can feel like a lie. So when God is showing me this fire that is completely separate from the universe, I feel like God is a liar, and I feel like the universe is the truth. I feel like what's actually happening in real relatable in the universe is the truth and the ideas that god is showing me about where the universe is going is a lie because that's not true in my reality so the truth is i'm in the process of being evicted right now that's the truth it's terrifying and it's scary yet this is then where i say the lie is that I'm safe <laughs> and that's why I'm in so much pain because it's a lie that I'm safe, that I'm protected. I don't have enough money to pay my phone bill or buy food, but God is telling me that I have enough money to protect myself from being evicted when that's not true. See, so this is why God is fire and the universe is water. And all of us in our personal relationship with God, we have the ability to lie to ourselves. So I have to wrestle with the idea that I'm lying to myself. 
although all the wisdom of how my past lives are connected by one soul did not come from talking to just myself. It's come from talking to many, many, so many spirits that are influencing the tides and currents of this universe. And that's why I say God is monotheistic, but the universe is polytheistic in nature. The, any, this universe cannot be created by one God because the concept of everything being created by one God is too fiery to connect with anyone. <laughs> That's why we have so many cultures with so many gods, because everyone has their own idea of what it means to be a man. Literally, that's your fire. That's your projection. Okay, so this is then where I have to say that fire is projection, but water is perception. So God is projecting protection at me. In my relationship with my spirit, my spirit and all the spirits connected to my spirit are projecting protection onto me. But that projection feels like a lie because I don't see that or feel that in reality. And the reality is the universe, the water that my body is connected to. So this is a story, since I'm reflecting upon my life and how I can actually make God's vision real. How do I get the money that God is telling me God has given me? <laughs> Like, where's, where's that money? Uh, I feel called to share this story about how white people are using Jewish witchcraft to justify spreading genocide against Native Americans by calling us black. And this very real experience resulted in very real ripples throughout the rest of my consciousness. <laughs> this, ex this is, and this is what events do. When you experience an event that is traumatic, it transforms the way you think. You're still the same spirit. You're still the same individual, but it transforms you. It's almost like the old you dies. And when you go through a traumatic experience, you are transformed so much that you have to become a new version of yourself. And that's generally because when we go through traumatic experiences, we have to pull deeper from parts of our soul that were previously suppressed from our awareness. So considering I'm going through a very negative synchronicity right now that will result in me being way deeper in debt than I was before and having an eviction on my record and not having a home, not having a space to live, not being able to afford being in my own land as a system that is making it impossible for me to live in my own land continues using all the past lives of my spirit to teach me that I'm a slave to its desires. This feels like the right space to share my experience from going to college in Chicago. So I shared this on my Spider-Man Let's Play. 
after I got kicked out of the clinic for racism. So overall, racism is very real. White people lie so that they can kill black people. And that's the truth of how the banking system makes money using Indian spirituality to sell Jewish religion. That's the objective truth of the entire reason why I as Chase am even forced to speak English against my consent and why English men are obsessed with assimilating Native Americans into worshiping Jesus and worshiping Jehovah through the sacrifice of Jesus. Happy Thanksgiving, because they view all of us as Jesus. So when they sacrifice us to their God, that's them teaching us to walk the path of Jesus. So what happened to me here in Chicago is that these three men wanted to sacrifice me to the Jewish God, and they're using racist religions to justify their jealousy, to justify making money off of murder. This is what makes America great. This is why Masons are using the matrix to construct a world, a new world, where they have all the superpowers they want. Because ultimately, that's what's happening here. The real superpower here is money. If you have money, you can do what you want. And this is how Masons have made the matrix matter through the math that they stole from Mercury. That's why you can go to Chase Your Genes, Symmetry, Always a Saying Academy, and you can learn the truth about this math from me and only me. Because what I'm saying is true. The Masons stole all the wisdom of all my past lives so that they can use Spider-Man to teach all of us that we are responsible for serving their power. And now they have the power to do whatever they want because we always feel like we're responsible for serving a system that does not serve us. We as a people feel like we are responsible for holding the matrix together as the matrix simply works to tear all of us apart. And that's literally the life that we're living. When I look at my family and my friends and everyone on social media, we're all torn apart by the matrix so that we can work to hold the matrix together. And that's what it looks like for us to be in a world where everyone is isolated because they're so busy working for the matrix. That's what it means when you can't spend time with your family because you have to spend time making money. So we as humans are supposed to be spending time with our families. But because the matrix is tearing us apart from our families, now we're forced to go to school. So me being forced to go to school my entire life, grade school and high school in college, that is open trafficking of children. Literally, that's the Masons. Open ritual. We traffic kids so that we can program them with MK Ultra, And then that's all the white supremacist, racist, religious doctrination that we are forced to regurgitate in the system. And they teach us that they will kill us if we don't conform. So now my teeth are all messed up. Braces have deformed my skull. My spine is all crooked from sitting all day because I, as Chase, was forced to hold a system together that makes money tearing me apart. I, as Chase, have been forced to support a matrix 
that only works to silence and suppress me, which is yet again why I'm even up for eviction because I can't even make money in the metaverse that Mason stole from me, Mercury, Metatron. The mentality of the Merkaba, Mimi, is <laughs> so beyond frustrating. So I'm in the worst hell ever being alive here. The worst hell ever, just being alive here. This, this is worse than death. Being alive here is worse than death. And the only reason the universe is worth living in is because of God, right? So that's what God means to everyone. God is life. The universe is death. Fire is life. Water is death. So God, my relationship with God, God does not want me to die. But my relationship with the government, the government wants me to die. And the government is using everything it stole from my God to teach me that we're all expressions of the Jewish God and that we're all servants of the Jewish God. And we are all created to make money for the Jewish God. That's why I'm forced to speak English. That's why white people are obsessed with assimilating black people into their culture so that they have the power to alienate us and remove us from our land. That's the point of labeling us black. There's a concept of black balling, black listing. In the English language to the English consciousness, black means to remove. So the only reason Masons have named melanated people black is because they are projecting God's agenda, their God's agenda to remove us from our homes, to remove us from our land, to remove us from our family, to remove us from having a spiritual life, from having a free life, because white represents freedom, black represents slavery. All right, so that's why God is free, but the universe is enslaved. Everyone in the universe is a slave to nature, their inner natures and thus the outer natures. God is not a slave to anything because God creates nature. And we should understand that. So this is the difference of spirit versus structure. God is spiritual. The universe is structural. So I promise all forms of Jewish masonry stole this from Mercury. The concept of God being fire is a concept of God being the force that moves the structures in the universe. And the structures in the universe are connected by water. So that's all of us inside the universe. God is outside the universe. That's all of our spirits. So when you see that the Jewish God says that he is Jesus in the flesh, and Jesus says that he is the Jewish God, Jealous Jehovah in the flesh, that's the whole concept of space versus structure. Jehovah is the space. Jesus is a structure. So Jehovah as God is not a victim of the universe. But Jehovah as God puts himself, he creates a costume. He builds a temple that we call a human body so that he can share his air with everyone. Which means that he has a human experience where he as God is actually a victim of the universe. And that's the point of Jesus being the messenger of Mercury for jealous Jehovah. 
And that's Jealous Jehovah using all the messengers of Mercury to teach us that we only live once. So now the Masons can use the Bible to play God because they use the Bible to teach me that the Bible is written by the one true God. That's what I was taught the past 20 plus years of my life. And that's what my family still believes. The people in my family who are 40 and 50 and 60 and 70, they've believed this their whole lives. All because I support spirits who never support me. None of this would be possible if I was not Spider-Man beyond anyone's conception. And it's so incredibly painful to have to know this and keep working through it. So I feel like creating this podcast is the best thing I can do with my words right now, considering how much of a powerless situation I'm in. As a victim of the universe, as Chase, right, in this body, I do not have the money to protect myself from the system that uses money to kill me, that uses money to poison me, that uses money to separate me from my family and teach me that I am a servant of the Jewish God. That was the whole point of church. And that's the whole reason why after fasting for years, people would rather kill me than support me because that's what the Masons use Jesus to teach Christians to do. Masons literally use Jesus to teach Christians to sacrifice children of God. So when Jesus fasts 40 days to talk to God, that's me. That's why I'm sharing everything I'm sharing, because that's what I've done to learn about all my past lives. I fasted to talk to God. But my God is my spirit. And that's what Jesus did. When Jesus fasted, he talked to his spirit. His spirit is Jealous Jehovah. Jealous Jehovah is using all of Metatron's past lives to teach us that we only live once. And that's the whole point of Wakanda forever. That's the whole point of Marvel using Odin and Kukul Khan to make money for Abraham. Because Abraham is weaponizing all the avatars of Brahma to make us believe that we are all expressions of one A, one fire one awareness, one ego. And that's why Billy Carson is up here using the Emerald Tablets to teach everyone that we're all expressions of one thing, one light, one ego, one A, one awareness. Everything in the universe is one consciousness split into many forms, and that's all of us. We're all expressions of one man talking to himself. And I despise all that because I love the universe. I love the universe because the universe allows me to connect with spirits that are not me. (laughs) That's why I love the universe. I love the universe because the universe is the negative yet necessary element that allows my Merkaba to physically connect with gods that are not me and actually build something stable and relatable out of that. That's why I love the universe. I just also hate the universe because the universe is incredibly negative and incredibly painful and the universe kills my fire. The universe as a big ball of water kills my ego. And this is basically why everyone hates the universe from time to time. You know, we all feel like the universe is negative when the universe kills our ego. So me going through this all just this whole life 
is me having my ego killed by all the spirits that are using my past lives to teach me that we are expressions of one ego. But I can promise you this. I promise. The only reason we all have our own idea about God is because we all have our own ego. But I can also promise you that your ego created your soul. And it is because you have a soul that your body is being animated by your heartbeat. I promise. I can promise you this. I promise. This is your relationship with God. And the Masons are weaponizing this wisdom against you. The Matrix and the men that make money using the metaverse to suppress the voice of Metatron and Uriel's soul group (laughs) and the subconscious community and the conscious community and the spiritual community overall, this is what they're weaponizing against us. This simple fact, fire, water, air, earth, your ego created your soul so that your soul and your ego can come together to create a mind. And it's once you have your own mind that you're able to build bodies out of your mind. That's what fire, water, air, and earth truly represent. And that has been weaponized against humans for the last 2,023 years. That's the whole reason of Jesus being used, the sacrifice of Jesus being used to reset our entire global idea of time. Masons are simply weaponizing the knowledge of Mercury's elements against everyone's energy. So now all the spirits that create energy to experience their emotions have been taught that we are all energy being expressed by someone else's emotions and that other someone else is God (laughs) and that God is a man. And that's how they've used Mercury to abduct all of our Merkabas in racist religions. (laughs) Whoa, and that's crazy because when I see the racist religion, I see RR, and then I think about railroad, and that's, boom, currency right there. That's how they have us going in circles. Their racist religions are the railroads. And indigenous peoples, Native Americans, know that. We as Native Americans did not have railroads in our land until racist religions came to rape and ravish our resources. All right, I use alliterations for a reason. <laughs> I as Spider-Man, I just really like alliterations. I find that they stick. And that's where I equate God to frequency and the universe to vibration. Okay, so when we look at the vibration of words, that's based in the frequency of God. Right? So this is why everyone likes wordplay. People like rap, people like music, people like poetry. People like lyrics. People like it when artists can align the frequency of words in ways that have not previously been done. Because that's an expression of an artist's infinitely individual vibration. And that's a soul. So the frequency is the ego and the vibration is a soul. Simple. So your ego is the frequency at which you imagine God. <laughs> And your imagination is powerful. I can promise you, your imagination is powering this world. I promise. Every single day, every single second, you have the fire 
that is moving the tides of this universe. It's just that all of our fires are working together to move the water of this universe. That's what the sun represents. Now, the sun's not literally fire, but the point is the sun is the expression of fire inside of water, which is what I call air. And that's ultimately the visible light that allows us to be aware of the dark waves we are riding on. And that's where we get night and day. So we can see that daytime is about seeing, nighttime is about feeling. Spiritually, we create what we see before we feel it. Physically, we had to experience what we're feeling before we can see it. So on a spiritual level, we all know that God would have to create the universe before God could put itself in the universe, (laughs) you know? So that's simple. God wouldn't just be in a universe and then be a victim of a universe. God would have to create a universe and then choose to be a victim of that universe. So he would have to create what he sees and then feel like going into that spiritually. But then physically, we know that when we're born, right, when a woman is growing a baby in the womb, that's darkness. There is no light in the womb. So that's all feeling. The baby literally has to feel its way into the universe for nine months before it can even pop out of the cervix, pop right out of the mom's pelvis and actually open its eyes to see light. So this is why the spirit realm is reversed or backwards from the physical realm and they balance each other out. And that's uh, what I've been learning. (laughs) When my mom did the spirit molecule, she said that, and that was awesome that my mom was able to say that to me and see that for herself when she separated her mind from her body. When she came back, she said it felt like everything is flipped. And it's so trippy uh, to be able to reflect on that conversation and that experience with her. So experiences are real. Events are real. These events matter because they send ripples through the universe and they affect all of our consciousness and they affect everything, how we communicate with one another, right? If there is an explosion in the building next door and chemicals go off, that sends ripples throughout the city where now everyone is affected by poison. East Palestine, Ohio, Wakanda forever, right? They're teaching us that celebrities are dying of cancer so that when they poison us and people start dying of cancer, we can all feel like celebrities. And now everyone's a star. Everyone's Black Panther dying off screen. And the banks make hella money. Hooray. (laughs) Seriously. So this is why I have to say everyone's idea of God is technically a lie to someone else's idea of God. Because everyone's fire is their own desire to appear separate and thus higher from the universe. So this is literally why Europeans come into the land of Native Americans and teach us that we are black. That is a lie. We are not black. But in their relationship with God, they want to identify us as black because it allows them to spread their truth. 
which is their soul. So now white people can put on blackface and use their own fire, their own projection, their own desire to teach us as Native Americans what it means to be black. And this is how the soul becomes very real. All of our egos create a soul so that we can actually connect with one another. So this is why I have to say that your soul is vibrating at the frequency of your ego. Because your water as the vibration is only moving due to the frequency of your fire. Your fire frequently forces your vibration to move. And this is the interaction of fire and water that generates energy. I swear. (laughs) I swear. And the only reason you can experience your emotions is because you're using elements to be the avatar. And this is why people like that show Avatar. It's stolen from me, from Mercury. It's stolen from this wisdom and this awareness. But it's weaponized against us. So now it's just entertainment. And people don't know why they resonate with it. But subconsciously, I'm telling you the truth. This is why. So the paradox here is fire is very real. The ego is very real. And the fact is, all of us have our own idea of God because we all have our own fire. We all have our own ego. So when you wake up and use your ego to express your fire every day, that's you expanding the universe based on your infinitely individual relationship with God. So this is why Metatron supports Uriel, but Uriel does not support Metatron. (laughs) Just like Metatron supports the Masons, but the Masons do not support Metatron. Metatron supports every racist religion in existence, but none of these racist religions support Metatron in any way, shape, or form. They're using Metatron's metaverse to make money, but they cut Metatron out of the conversation. Just like they're using the awareness of Atlantis to make money, but they cut Anubis out of the conversation. And if Wakanda Forever was really about family values, <laughs> they would have included Zalot in with Quetzalcoatl. It would not have just been Kukulkan Quetzalcoatl controlling Atlantis without Zalot. Anubis is Zalot. If they don't want us to know that, that's because what I'm saying here is true and they want to use everything they stole from Mercury to actually tear us down. So they're not even including the full family scope of Atlantis. Atlantis is created and operated and owned by the awareness of Anubis. This government does not want you to know that they cut Anubis out of the conversation completely. But I love Anubis infinitely. And of course, I completely get how in this universe, to everyone else, my dog is not Anubis. My dog is just a dog. And to everyone else, Anubis is an idea that the Masons have already stolen and made infinite money out of. Just like to everyone in the universe, I'm not actually Metatron, the manager of Mercury, I'm not actually Trimurti Trismegistus, your trippy tripsy psychedelic psychopomp symmetry. I am a black Indian. Or I am a slave of jealous Jehovah. Or I am a sack of meat 
being controlled by electricity from the one true source. (laughs) So in the universe, I am whatever anyone else wants me to be. And anyone else can use me to lie to themselves about who I am. And that lie will be very real. This is why we all have a very real impact on each other's lives based on what we're thinking and how we think about one another. And especially because it all starts internally, how we see ourselves. So this is why the ego is separate from the universe. Your ego, your imagination is separate from everything that you see in the universe. Isn't that true? Isn't that why you can imagine things that you've never seen before? I can imagine infinite things that I've never seen before physically. So what is that? That's my fire. That's my artistic relationship with God. That's my fire imagination awareness. That's my Leo, Sagittarius, Aries. And again, this is where a relationship with God is super painfully hard when you don't feel like the universe actually supports your imagination, right? So this is the concept of being a struggling artist, such as myself, a struggling teacher, such as myself. So I support this universe. That's why I can speak and share everything that I've shared so far, because I actually support this universe in ways that no one else does. Yet the reason I'm in this circumstance of being trapped in poverty And having to speak about this is because the universe does not support me. But this is the power of perspective. Because when you understand that your fire is the force that comes before water, this is where you have to take responsibility for your power. And if you have the power to think above your emotions, then that's where I, as the man that Mason stole Jesus from, would say it is your responsibility to do so. If you have the power to think above your emotions, it's your responsibility to do so. And that's what it's like using the spirit molecule to separate my mind from my body. Because it's hard to do. Most people are scared of doing it. Most people are literally scared of using the spirit molecule to leave their bodies and go navigate the spirit realm. Because it's like dying. Literally, it's like dying. I'm comfortable with it because, again, (laughs) like I want to end my life. I don't want to be alive. So I love using the spirit molecule to actually experience what death would be like. Because when I come back, I see more reasons why I'm alive. That's how you're getting this God cast. Because each time I come back from a trip, Each time I come back from a spirit molecule excursion, I have more awareness about why I'm alive. And everyone deserves that. The fact that the system made this molecule illegal is beyond evil. So fire is happy. Water is sad. And it is my responsibility to think thoughts that make me happy because the power of positive thinking will allow me to be more productive. And then that's where I can work for God. 
So if I'm not positive about what God has shown me, then I won't be productive and I won't be able to share the truth of how God creates the universe, which I've always wanted to know for myself. But I haven't been able to go outside of myself and read it anywhere. So that's why I'm doing this podcast so that I can share what I've learned from fasting, from fasting and producing the spirit molecule in ways that allow me to separate my mind from my body and observe many universes and learn about my soul and how all my past lives are connected by my soul and how I can build upon all my past lives by continuing to put energy into the connections that I fostered. And now I love my family. And then that's where I focus on my family and all the spirits that have been my family in very functional ways. And this is what the elites of Hollywood are doing because they stole everything from me. So they're already keeping their wealth in the family by taking one spirit's soul through multiple bodies because they know that the soul builds the body. So if you build a body for a soul to connect to, then that soul can be conscious of everything that that body was built inside of, which is this world. So that's the entire cloning conversation that, you know, that the internet is having now. Clone Aid is a real company out here in the open. So as I've said, I'm in a conundrum. God is a liar from an elemental perspective because God uses fire to create the universe. That's what Jewish religion worships, the all-consuming fire that Abraham uses to steal everything from Brahma. Hence the name, Abraham. <laughs> Jehovah took Metatron's Merkaba and twisted it into Amurakukukaba. That's three Ks for the KKK. All right, so the KKK is using their Merkaba to abduct all the indigenous children that Americans celebrate cannibalizing every Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Eat what you want. In America, you can eat what you want to be what you want. All right, so that's what Thanksgiving means to the Masons that teach us Christopher Columbus discovered our homes. That's why they perform the Black Panther ritual. The Masons believe that they can beat Black Panther by eating Black Panther. Hence why Christians are taught to drink the blood and eat the body of Christ. Same exact thing. It's all Vatican vampire cannibalism. <laughs> That's what Christians are all about. Hence Halloween and their obsession with vampires and then giving thanks for genocide on Thanksgiving after Halloween. After they put on costumes to express their true nature. Which is a Quetzalcoatl ritual. That's what Spider-Man means. So that's me. When I put on a body, it's so I can actually express the truth, which is a soul. But the soul itself was created out of a lie. And that's the ego. And this is why all of our egos can lie to ourselves. 
And this is where we have to separate the concept of God from the ego. So now I must say, your God is your spirit and your ego is your fire. But when you have an idea of what God is, that's your fire and that's your ego. And everyone's idea of God is their own ego because that's everyone's imagination of who God is. But we have to know that when we are imagining God and we're actively using our fire to imagine God, we're actually using our ego to expand the universe. And that's only possible because the real God is our spirit, all of our spaces. So that's where heaven comes into play. Everyone's ego is alone in heaven because every space has its own separate idea of what God looks like. Simple. So if I get kicked out of my home and plunge deeper in debt, I will be in a deeper hell that's not going to be what I want God to look like. So I can see that explicitly the universe is a big body of water that works to kill my ego and kill my idea of God. Now, because I'm in a universe where the water can kill my fire, I'm forced to be aware of everyone else's ideas of God. And now all that puts pressure on me and that's where we get air. So there's all this pressure on me to do what other people want me to be aware of. And that's conversation. So that's the power of air pressure being actual, uh, <laughs> the correlation to atmospheres. Literally, we all use fire and water to create an atmosphere where we can apply pressure on one another. And that's how we talk. Like this is how we communicate. And this is why the earth that derives out of the atmospheres, we can use this earth to actually touch each other because we're inside of an atmosphere that has certain pressure. So everyone has their own air pressure. Literally air pressure is when someone comes up and talks to you and tells you that you need to do something for them. That's air pressure. <laughs> and we're all under air pressure every day because when we're in conversations and doing anything, everyone has their own awareness of what people should do. And that's everyone's idea of God being the fire that allows them to perform fusion. So fire is fusion. And this fusion results in the water having friction. So because we all have our own idea of fusion, we create friction in the universe through water. So that physically looks like, like I'm serious, just on a word level. All the cells in your body are fused together by your idea of God, not mine. If I die tomorrow, the cells in your body are still going to be fused by your idea of God, by your fire, by your imagination, by your intention, not mine. And it's because all the cells in your body are fused by your idea of God that you can feel the friction of this universe objectively. If your cells were not fused together, you would not feel friction. And that's how another person's body can come up and touch you. And now, boom, that's friction. 
when you're wearing clothes, the clothes are not fused to your cells. When I put clothes on my body, it's not fused to my cells. So I feel that there's friction. I feel the friction between my body and this outer body, the body that I've built and the body that I've not built. So your God is building your body. That's because your ego is building your body. The government is using everything it stole from the body of Mercury to say that we are all one body and every body is an expression of one man's or one spirit's ego. And then that's where the moment that spirit names its ego, you know you're dealing with an ego because God does not have a name. So if God has a name, you're dealing with one spirit's idea of God. And that's what an ego is. <laughs> and if you believe that God can only work through that name, then you're saying that every spirit in the universe is lower than the spirit whose name you're worshiping. And that's literally the witchcraft of calling Jehovah the most high, literally. So the most high is the most egoic. And that's fire. We know that fire goes up, water goes down. Fire is high, water is low. So I'm going to hit this. We're going to vibe out. And when I come back, I will share my experience from living in Chicago. And this experience transformed me and resulted in me working through a lot of emotions that resulted in art and connections. And one could say that all that was positive. Does that mean that I wish this happened to me? No. That does not mean that I wish this happened to me. But this is the point of wisdom. See, so God is about knowledge. The universe is about wisdom. And God creates the universe so God can gain wisdom. So God can have infinite knowledge, but knowledge is egoic. You know, when you have knowledge, you just know all about yourself. That's your fire. That's cool. But if you want to have wisdom, then you need to know about others. And you can only know about others if you create a universe that allows you to connect with others. And that's the point of water being wisdom. And wisdom is knowing that every ego has its own form of knowledge because everyone is thinking about themselves. And that's the truth of Mercury. <laughs> that's the truth of symmetry. All right. I know this for a fact. So here's knowledge versus wisdom. God as knowledge is in control of everything. So when you're with God, you have the knowledge that God is in control of everything. So when I separate my mind from my body, God shows me that God is in control of everything. But then that feels like a lie. And it's hard to believe that when I'm back in the universe, because once I'm in the universe and I'm in this body of water, it's chaotic and it does not match up with the knowledge of control that God has projected onto my consciousness, that God has taken me through to observe. So this is where in the universe, I have to acquire wisdom. And I know for a fact that I cannot control the spirits outside of myself. I can only control the spirit inside of myself. But then that's where I'm scared because it feels like then I'm alone. 
and like the spirits who are working together to make this universe real are not working to support me. It's just me working to support everyone. So I'm trying to figure out who's my real family because my real spirit family will support me. And then that's where I have to think about Anubis and my life with my dog. But then everything is still chaotic and emotional in the universe because I have no proof that my dog is actually Anubis beyond my own awareness and this knowledge. (laughs) So that's where the universe is chaotic and I'm in the dark and I feel like a victim that is drowning in emotions because it's just full water world here. And the wisdom is me being able to continue fasting and walking on water because that's why Mason stole Jesus from Mercury. They are teaching all of us to feel like we're drowning in a universe that is chaotic because that's how the banks make money controlling our currency and directing our emotions from here to there. That's what money means to the Masons. This is how Jewish culture uses Mercury to make money for itself. Hence why the caduceus is the symbol of medical masonry. Objectively, I'm telling the truth, yet I'm being penalized for it. (sighs) So I'm going to spark this up. And when we get back, I'm going to tell the story of just how real racist religions are, yet their entire reality, the entire reality of racist religions is rooted in using fake knowledge to steal real wisdom. So this is why white people use the fake knowledge of jealous Jehovah to steal the real wisdom of Metatron's Mercury from black people. (laughs) And we should not be identifying as colors at all. That's the point of colorful consciousness. So we're going to see in this story that lies are very real and America is built by white men who lie to themselves to get what they want. And that's objectively the entire true history of America. White men lying to themselves so that they can use the Jewish idea of God to make money doing whatever they want while teaching all of us as black Indians that we're responsible for their power. And that's how the Masons who pay the Ku Klux Klan use all the past lives of Hermes Trismegistus to practice magic on the cultures of Kukul Khan. All right, so the Ku Klux Klan named themselves after Kukul Khan because Abraham named himself after Brahma. My soul's been crying. I semi my trees, breathe in my leaves, balance my chi, triple my sea. My mind's been flying wild. My soul's been crying. I semi my trees, breathe in my leaves, balance my chi, triple my sea. My soul's been crying wild. Astral plane, macabre brain. I built your game, we're not the same. My soul's been crying while my mind's been fine too. Relay a word, those who listen, hood. We make our vibe, 
So, this is certainly one of the most impactful events in my life. And I'm going to get right into it. <clears throat> this event happened to me my freshman year of going to college in Chicago. And funnily enough, this event was around St. Patrick's Day. It could have been St. Patrick's Day weekend. I know that it happened on a Friday. And I know it happened on a Friday. Because the only fucking reason, God, uh, the the only reason I even left the party, the only reason I even left the party was because I had class from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. every Saturday my freshman year. And the party that this event happened after was on Friday. So even though I went with a group of friends, I did not leave with that group of friends 
and it ended up being a huge mistake. All right. So this is why it's important not to be alone in the universe. (laughs) It's actually important to roll with a gang squad up (laughs) because if I was with a squad or a gang, this would not have happened to me. (laughs) You know, it's because I was alone that this group of people felt like they had the ability to cut me out of the simulation and have fun while doing it. This group of white men, of course. So here's what happened. And it's really weird because there's a whole atmosphere around this. It was like it was foreshadowed because before I left for the party, an event happened in my dorm based on racism. (laughs) And it was so weird because before I went to the party, my RA came to me and my RA being a dark-skinned indigenous man that white people would call black. He came to me as a black resident on the floor to inform me that there was a hate crime of sorts. And that hate crime was basically this billboard on one of the floors of my building. It was about the Black Panthers. Uh, Someone like vandalized it uh they tore it down and then they left burnt toast in the hallway if i remember correctly they left messages on the board because it was specifically a board about the history of the black panthers and um my ra had to inform me because i didn't know this that whoever did this them leaving burnt toast in the hallway is an old racist thing where in European white American society, white people refer to black people as burnt toast because we're black, right? So, you know, when toast gets burned, it's black. So they say that that's us. And then you always throw burnt toast out. So again, they want to throw us out of our land, throw us out of our homes, like what I'm going through very sadly because we're black and they view us as be lack. And that's the, again, the frequency of that word, be lack. So they're referring to the idea that no one likes burnt toast. When white people burn their toast, they feel like it's God's mistake, right? God made bread. God is good. But this is the witchcraft where English men say that black people are God's mistake. So black people are like burnt toast and English people need to throw burnt toast out. Because black people are God's mistake. You know, this is just what Jewish culture is, right? I didn't create this. (laughs) You know, I'm talking about what is real. I'm talking about what everyone has brought into this universe, regardless of me. I'm just breaking it down historically so we can see the connections and understand it from a hermetic perspective. So my RA had to tell me that burnt toast refers to black people being unwanted and being thrown out and it dates back to racism and whatnot (laughs) and the slavery it dates back to american slavery the racism of american slavery so that was pretty wild to start my night out with (laughs) um 
very wild. It, it was some weird foreshadowing to have to start my night out with that idea, with that event, with having to be aware that someone in our building is so racist that they're bringing back tropes from slavery. <laughs> so that was already in the air before I even went to the party. But I didn't want it to affect me having a good time. I already planned to go to the party. It was a party at a student's place, but they got a home. So it was not a dorm. So you had to like take the train. So in Chicago for most of the parties in college, we take the train. We take the red line, the blue line. They got the green line, the pink line. Taking the train in college was really fun. <laughs> like living that lifestyle in Chicago was definitely fun. All right, being in the matrix, socializing with a bunch of people. I just wish it made more sense. <laughs> I just wish I was able to hold on to all those connections better so that we could all work together better instead of feeling isolated in a world where everyone's doing the same thing, but differently. We're all spirits experiencing energy because we create energy to express our emotions because we all have emotions. It's just we're all infinitely individual in how emotional our egos are about our space's relationship with God. That's all. <laughs> just some psychedelic psychology, baby. So I thanked my RA for letting me know. I wasn't going to let the news shake me. I hop on the train. I go to the party. And I'm saying it like I went alone. I didn't. Again, I met my friends down in the lobby because that was generally the smart thing to do. People would get ready in their rooms and then we'd all meet in the lobby or we'd meet outside because our building was right outside the red line. And then boom, we all squat up and we mobilize, go together. Very fun. Super fun, especially because if people who are going to the same party as you uh, are waiting for others outside of your building, then you just like synchronistically get to connect with more people that perhaps you hadn't met. But that's how college colonized connections. <laughs> and that's really why everyone loved college connections. It wasn't the curriculum <laughs> like people, <laughs> you know, people weren't obsessed with college because of the curriculum. It's all about the connections. And that's really us. So we're really just excited about college because of us. So the Masons are teaching us to hold their system together so that they can make money trafficking us again. <laughs> like, seriously, we are the currency. <sighs> so I go to this party. I'm having a great time. I'm dancing. I'm vibing. We're singing songs. <laughs> I'm talking to new people. People love my Spider-Man costume. People knew me for being a costume designer. So that was very awesome being able to talk to people about Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. And it was dope, especially looking back on it after not having gone to a party in a while. Honestly, the last party that I've been to, we threw in our apartment. <laughs> me and my roommate have thrown parties in this apartment. But those are the last parties that I've been to. And those were over a year ago. So this party was fun. 
It's just that, like I said, it's on a Friday night and I have class 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday. So <laughs> I cannot be out for too long because I already know that if I don't get enough sleep, I'm not going to make it through 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Of course, <laughs> I'm about to be knocked out in class. They're going to have to keep waking me up. And then I'm going to be penalized because I stayed out too late. And the Virgo in me is like, nah, <laughs> like I did not come to college to fail my classes. I, that's not what I came to school to do. I did not come to school to fail. I'm not about to drop out. Um, and especially I'm not about to fail because I, I couldn't stay awake in class <laughs> because the teachers will really penalize you. Like the teachers will count you as either absent or partially absent if you sleep in class. At least mine did. So, of course, not every teacher is the same. This is why individuals are real. Egos are real. <laughs> emotions are real. <laughs> and your, your life can be changed just based on what position an individual is in. Like I'm going through. So, once it reached around 1 o'clock, 1.30 a.m., if my memory serves me correctly... I knew I had to dip out. If I left at 1.30, I would be back by 2. I'd be asleep at the very latest by 2.30 so that I can wake up at 8 o'clock. Not bad. I can definitely use a time from 2.30 to 8 o'clock of sleeping to get through a class of 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. I can do that. Now, everyone else, they're, they're trying to stay out till 3 3.30 and if I stay with my friends I very well would not get back until 4 and honestly it could be 5 <laughs> you know like that's pushing it but it depends if people get food after or what people do after that party because there's always stuff to do after the party so I decided in my head that I had to leave I was in the basement at this time moshing uh not moshing moshing but you know jumping and bumping into people <laughs> that sort of moshing and i figured now would be a good time to peace out this is where things uh got a little synchronistic and started getting a little weird when i tried leaving the first group of people that i was with were very adamant about getting me to stay now that made sense because we were just dancing so naturally people say hey why don't you just stay when you're trying to leave a party it's normal people when they're vibing they want to stick together that's astrological that's vibrational that's somatic that's nature right people don't want you to leave the party on your own especially if they were already having fun with you they want you to stay and continue vibing stick with them like glue but if you're an individual right you have an ego that is separate from everyone then you know that you need to leave because you have your own relationship with the universe and that was me <laughs> i have class on saturday they don't 
So my ego had to do what was right and leave the party early, no matter how much they wanted me to stick around. That's what I thought. That's what I felt. But it got weird because the messages in the universe, the tides, the atmosphere of the party and the currents running through the atmosphere of that party started applying a lot of pressure on me to stay. <laughs> it, it was weird. Like I was noticing it as I was trying to leave and I'm talking to myself about it. And it was, it was very, I'm shaking as I'm telling this story. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is um an adrenaline filled story. So my body is kind of remembering that. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Of course you can't see it, but I'm shaking a lot. It's really stressful remembering stressful situations. And it's just really weird because the universe was giving me messages sort of really applying pressure on me to stay at the party. And I felt like I had to leave because of school, because of the penalties of being asleep in class and failing school and all the money that I would waste and being further black and further in poverty, not being able to get that time back. I had to be wise. But once I separated from the first group of people and I started to move to leave, I was intercepted by another group of people. <laughs> and they were like, Chase, where are you going? And I told them, oh, I have to leave. I have class. And they started saying, no, you should stay, stay, stay. And I had to tell them, no, no, I can't. And then I separated and I'm going, leaving. I'm still in the basement, intercepted by a third group of people. They tell me I need to stay. <laughs> I'm like, no, I cannot stay. I need to go to class. <laughs> I, I have to go. And at this point, I just figured, all right. I mean, we are pretty packed in this basement. People just really want your boy to stay. Like, you know, that makes sense. I'm pretty fun. I'm walking up the stairs and fourth group of people hanging out on the stairs ask me, yo, where are you going? I tell them I'm leaving. They say, what? You should stay. At this point, this is four different groups of people, like four mini atmospheres in this bigger atmosphere. And I started to feel like maybe there's a message here, <laughs> you know, listening to signs. So this is, um, this is a big story about my relationship with uh, listening to signs from the universe. Because God uses the universe to talk to you. And I do wonder if I had listened to everyone more, if maybe I could have sacrificed sleep for safety. I'm shaking. Oh, yo, this is stressful. Because <laughs> it feels like if I'd listened to the universe, I could have I sacrificed sleep for safety. And looking back, I can see how it really would have been much safer to stick with my friends <laughs> and to have not left alone. But that's not how this goes. That's not what happens. Instead, <laughs> 
being scared. <laughs> my fear of teachers and the school system made me persevere on my direction. I felt like I needed to separate from everyone and leave this party now, not later. I can't wait. No time to wait in this water. Fire now. It's already 1.30. I already planned it. I danced. I talked to people. But it's going to take time for me to walk and catch the train. I'm going to be waiting for the train. And then it's going to take time for me to shower and get ready for bed and then go to sleep so that I can be alert in school on Saturday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Honestly, it's a schedule that most people hated. I learned to love it. (laughs) I just wish they weren't so stringent about sleeping. But, I mean, I get it. Also, though, it's our money. So, it's just true Mason world where they make us pay money and then they penalize us if we don't follow their rules. We're already paying you money. Like, give us grace. That's just a way for you to make more money while teaching us that we're responsible for your system. See, so that's their Spider-Man witchcraft that they practice on us. So I tell the people in the stairs, no. (laughs) And I go up the stairs. Lo and behold, a fifth group of people asking me where I'm (laughs) leaving, asking me where I'm going. I tell them I'm leaving. And I'm pretty sure If my memory serves me correctly, this was a while ago, there is damn near a six group of people just right at the door, right when I'm grabbing the door, because the door is in front of the stairs, but there is a whole gap. So right when I got up the stairs, there is a fifth group, and then the sixth group was right in front of the door. And someone in that group asked me, oh, you leaving so soon? And I said, yeah, I have class today. (laughs) So... I definitely need to make sure I'm ready for that. And they're saying that I didn't have to go yet. And I told them, yes, I did. And I grabbed the door. I opened it. I graciously said bye to everyone. I told them, I'll see y'all later. (laughs) And I peaced out. Simple. Because I, I mean, I was starting to get frustrated at that point. Um, being intercepted so much being like sort of directed off my path because I was very set in not falling asleep in class on Saturday (laughs) because they're very serious about that how you can still be in attendance but if you go to sleep they'll count you as if you're not in attendance and then at that point I might as well have stayed at the party you feel me like (laughs) I might as well have stayed at the party if I'm just gonna put in the work of going to class but then falling asleep and then them counting me absent but I still attended most of the I mean I'm still there I'm doing everything I just fell asleep for like five minutes here (laughs) or five minutes there or less less minutes than five five is pretty long to fall asleep and here's the thing too I wasn't drinking or smoking in high school at all. And I had not started that yet. This was the point in college where I had not started really getting into that. 
I was still easing my way into drinking alcohol at all. That was not anything for me in high school. I was not doing any of that. No smoking weed. None of that. Smoking weed came later. Still freshman year, but later after this experience, as well as drinking after after this. <laughs> so I was sober when this happened, and that was probably good for me because the men who attacked me were drunk, and I think that played well into my favor. So once I finally got out, and I left the party. I'm walking to the blue line. I'm like in this area of Chicago where I have to use a blue line, not the red line. All right, different areas, different lines. And I was reflecting upon that whole party and especially the end. And I was thinking about spidey senses. <laughs> and I was thinking about messages. And I was thinking like this, just not nearly as intellectual. I was just thinking more in a like learning childish way, not feeling like I could speak on it, but a, a childish way of learning about it. And the concept of spidey sense was interesting to me because it was feeling like there are perhaps some connections that I could have listened to more there. Because leaving the party, I had a feeling like perhaps I should have stayed. <laughs> you know, so I already had this weird feeling of regret. Like I should have stayed based on all the messages and the pressure that was being applied on me. But my ego was too focused on forcing its way in a certain direction. My imagination was captured by the structure of school. And although my spidey senses were like, oh, maybe I should have stayed. Maybe those are all messages that would have worked to keep me safe, hold me together, perhaps. But that's the power of fire and the ego. You don't have to listen to messages. You can just go in your own direction and continue to work with the universe into that direction. Because if I did conform to those messages, I would not have survived this experience and thus made all the art and built my consciousness in the way that I have. So there's a balance to everything is my point. I'm not saying that I regret not staying at the party, but I am saying that I was feeling that regret when I left the party and I was observing it. <laughs> and I can still observe it now. So, yeah, it's there. I'm not I wouldn't identify it as I have regrets, but I can observe the energy of regret. But I'm definitely not here thinking. I don't think. I wish I didn't leave that party. But I can see how thinking that makes sense. And that's more so the emotional side of me. Because emotions make sense. 
Emotions make sense. It's just that they're chaotic. Chaos makes sense. That's why masons make money manufacturing chaos. War. That's the whole point of war. And everyone working for war. <laughs> the military works for war. Because chaos makes sense. It's just about how you think on it. And your perspective. So there is a part of me leaving the party that wishes I stayed. And I was thinking about why so many people wanted me to stay. And it really rubbed me a certain way, right? There was a bunch of friction, like all their souls, the souls of all those people were like putting friction on my soul. And it left me in a certain vibe because energy transfers. So all their energy was transferred to me. And then I'm affected by the expressions of their consciousness. So I put in Childish Gambino. All right. I'm listening to Childish Gambino. I'm listening to the album Camp. And when this happens, I'm specifically listening to Bonfire. So this is how deep uh, Childish Gambino as an artist is for me. The fact that he's made the show Atlanta to completely confirm in my eyes everything that I'm sharing about white culture and black culture and Jewish Christian culture is very remarkable to me considering I went through this experience while listening to his song Bonfire. And of course, it's <laughs> this experience has completely changed the song for me now too. Um, I've sort of built a new relationship with it because it's been so long. So I do, I can listen to it, but of course it has been impacted by that event. <laughs> now, pardon me as I compose myself to tell the rest of this story because yes, yeah, activating adrenaline. Just having to reflect upon it like this. So. All right, here we go. Here we go. Okay. All right. All right. I'm walking down this sidewalk. I'm walking down the sidewalk. To the left of me. There are four lanes of street. It's not quite a highway, but it's so big, one could consider it a highway. But it's not because it's a residential neighborhood, um, but it's a wide street. And I'm just saying I thought about that a lot because I thought about crossing it. <laughs> I thought about crossing it a lot <laughs> uh, based on the, the group of people that was coming up to me. So to the left of me is a street. And to the right of me is a strip mall. So on this sidewalk, I'm walking basically behind a strip mall. That's where I found myself. So it's as I'm walking down the sidewalk and this strip mall is to the right of me that in front of me, I see there is a group of three white men. And first thing I notice visibly from far away they're all taller than me and 
This is a narrow sidewalk. So they're not only taller than me, but they're bigger than me. And they're all crowded on this sidewalk interacting with each other like joking playing like kind of pushing each other because they're lit and they're wearing their saint patrick's day gear (laughs) so they clearly came from a saint patrick's day event they had the green mardi gras beads and all that so as i'm walking down this sidewalk i see them walking towards me they're roughhousing with one another and It's as we get closer, they see me and compose themselves. Now, I'm thinking that this would be good, right? If they're composing themselves, maybe it's because they're being considerate. (laughs) Maybe they're considering that we have to share the sidewalk and they're about to step off the sidewalk and let me pass by and whatever. You know, I wasn't so scared that I felt like I should cross the street. Because I honestly could have. It just would have looked really silly to them. But if I didn't care about how I looked to them, I could have crossed the street. It's 1.30 something, you know, like it's in the morning. And this street was basically dead quiet. Like if a car came, it left really fast. Like that's this sort of four lane street. So I could have crossed the street, but I didn't. And it was once I got right up next to these three white men that I heard one of them say to me, and this is literally what he said, look at this light skinned Drake ass nigger. (laughs) Basic shit, honestly, right? (laughs) But it was quite impactful because up to that point people had said that I look like Drake as a compliment so this is the first time that it was used against me as an insult and of course the point was you know he said light skin Drake ass nigger so the point was he as a white man wanted to really land on calling me a nigger And right after he said that, he grabbed me. He grabbed me with his (laughs) long arms, picked me up, and slammed me against the wall. I hit the back of my head very hard. So hard, I got a headache, and my eyes went fuzzy and watery because, like, tears came to my eyes. And they were just fuzzy and my head hurt and it sort of, it was ringing and I was overall disoriented visually, auditorily though, (laughs) I can hear him very clearly screaming obscenities at me, screaming a bunch of stuff, mainly what he's screaming at me was you niggers think you can come over here from Africa and rape all of our white women. That's what he's overall screaming, projecting at me. So he grabbed me, threw me up against the wall, and is telling me that I, a Native American 
indigenous Saponi Kataba walkin' talkin' came over from where Europeans came over from, which is Africa, to rape his women, when that's not at all the history of why white people celebrate Thanksgiving and colonizing this land. This is why I'm talking about God being a liar, because this person who attacked me is a god, technically. These three people who squatted up to attack me are gods. And they, as gods, have their own idea of God, which is where they project onto me that as a black man, I came from Africa to America to steal from white people. Literally. That's the Jewish witchcraft that they, as gods, are using to serve Jehovah, Abraham, El Kanah, the all-consuming fire of Jesus. Literally. And this is what makes the Ku Klux Klan great. So these men, these boys, but men who attacked me, I'm sure, I'm certain, almost positive, complete, almost completely positive. I'm quite certain that they are affiliated with the police based on how ballsy they were to feel like they could actually get away with doing something like this. And that's where it's important to know that the police are the Ku Klux Klan. And I mean, our grandparents know that, older people know that, but it's still true today. The government is ran by the Ku Klux Klan because they want to be seen as Ku Klux Klan by cannibalizing the cultures of Native Americans. And that's what makes America great. And so this is how they use the Jewish lies of a jealous God to erase our indigenous individuality. So I was almost killed by Jewish witchcraft. And they would have made money killing me, painting me as a bad guy and cutting me out of the simulation. And it's just so wild because before this happened to me, I had already started working on my Black Panther costume out of Kevlar. I already started conceptualizing a knife-proof Black Panther costume. So we really need to protect ourselves from jealous gods. Jealous gods use gaslighting fire to kill us and teach us that we're evil because they believe that we need to serve them under any means necessary. And that is truly the black experience that Masons have manufactured to spread white privilege for the followers of Jewish Christianity, all at the expense of me and my infinitely individual indigenous families. So many infinitely indigenous individual families, all them gods, being sacrificed at our expense to support a banking system that makes money lying to everyone about the true history of not just this matrix but every spiritual system that humans are using to relate with one another today <sighs> it's, it's so sad how deep 
all this is. And these men are simply white men who, as gods, their minds have been abducted by the Merkaba of Amerikakaka <laughs> or Amerikakabraham, to be more specific. Because it's Abraham's all-consuming fire that taught white people these lies so that they can justify killing Native Americans while calling us black and saying that we never landed in Wakanda. Horrifying. So this man is screaming at me that I, as a black man, came from Africa to rape his white women. And he's screaming at me that I don't belong here. And as he's screaming slurs at me, he's calling me derogatory things. I don't feel like getting into it. <laughs> I really don't. His friend interrupts him on his left, my right. And he says, hey, we should kill this nigger. Now, the moment I heard that, my heart froze. And I felt electricity <laughs> jolt through my body like never before like this the signals going off in my nervous system ne like never before from that fear and at this point i'd open my eyes to see that this white dude blonde hair blue-eyed aryan white guy has saliva all over his mouth i'm smelling his breath and he's just screaming at me these slurs as his friend says we should kill this nigger and if i didn't get scared from his friend saying that shit i definitely got scared from the face that he made when he heard his friend say that shit he was, <laughs> I'm not about to start crying. <laughs> I'm not going to start crying because I already did that when I had to tell this story in the Spider-Man Let's Play. And I don't feel like doing that. I, I just don't want to break down. I would rather hold it together. It just like takes a little more effort. But sometimes you got to let yourself... Uh, let the energy flow through you. <laughs> you know, there's a, a whole toxic masculine culture thing that we've been taught as American men where we are conditioned to hold our emotions in. But when we hold our emotions in, we create blockages and that results in uh, explosions later. So it is important to let your emotions flow healthily so that you can actually control your currency and you don't block up something that should have been flowing freely. If you do that, you get health problems. Literally, right? That's what a hemorrhoid is. Literally, that's what a hemorrhoid is. When you create a blockage from your bones, your blood cannot flow freely. All right, so you're hearing that straight from the heart of Hermes. Okay, that's why you can't go online and find that because Masons are using metal to manipulate our emotions. They would much rather teach us that we need to get surgery for something that's simply a bone blockage.
if you're suffering from hemorrhoids, you just need my skeletal solution. All right, just hop into the skeletal solution course and you will heal your hemorrhoids by removing your bone blockages. That's what stops blood from flowing freely and that's where you get inflamed vessels. And that applies to more than just hemorrhoids. That's crooked teeth overall. So <clears throat> this dude became so happy. He looked me straight in my eyes. His lips twisted, his thin, spindly little lips covered in saliva. I'm smelling his alcohol-filled breath twisted into a smile as he peered. <laughs> pupil pupil. Black hole into black hole, straight into my soul. I, 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 mind you, my feet are off the ground. He has me pressed into a wall, and now I'm crying. This is retarded. All right, getting through it. He has me pressed into a wall. I don't, I don't have any ground here. Like, like I literally am up in the air. Because this man is holding me against the wall. I'm up in the air. I technically am not even standing up for myself when he says this to me. <laughs> like, I'm already in a very vulnerable circumstance. He looks me in my eyes and with his smile, he says, we're going to kill you, nigger. And it was then that I knew I had to do something. <laughs> Actions had to be taken. <laughs> this is where I knew no one was going to come and save me. I looked to my left, dead end, just blackness, just stretching down into the street, infinity. Looked down to my right, dead blackness stretching down into infinity i am alone on this street with three white men who want to kill me all because jehovah is jealous of metatron all because masons make money using mercury to sacrifice indigenous children for the purposes of Ewish white supremacy. So it was at this moment that I knew no one was going to come and save me. Jesus was not about to fly out of the sky and tell the white men that he's not white and they're racist and they're using Jewish lies to kill Native Americans unjustly. Jehovah is not going to do that. Abraham's not going to do that. None of the gods in the air are going to come down into earth in a body and save me from these three white men. I was alone. So welcome to great power comes great responsibility land. <laughs> All right. So this is where you know that when you have to take action for yourself, it's your responsibility to do so. I had to take action for myself. Thus, no one could do that for me. Because I saw the actions I had to take. 
and the action I had to take is to save my life. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, <I'm laughs> human shit. Just normal human here. I'm just a normal human trying to save my life. <laughs> I'm just a normal human trying to go about <laughs> to class. I didn't expect to become the victim of a hate crime. Like, I had to protect myself from racist white men who are using their Jewish religion to teach me that I'm not Native American when I am. But this is white supremacy using lies to spread the Jewish God's idea of America. This is why lies are real. People use lies to create reality all the time. The truth is the actual architecture and the actual history and memory behind those lies. So we can see that white people are lying because it doesn't line up with the architecture of America. The lands of America were here and the indigenous peoples, the cultures of Kukulkan were living in North, South and Central America for many millennia before Christopher Columbus colonized our homes. So we can see that they've used lies to create a very real reality. But we know that these lies are lies because the reality only matters based in the truth that the lies are about. So white people can only lie about who was in America first because the truth matters <laughs> and the truth is real this is why we can't say everything's a lie but the actual truth is found in history and found in reflecting upon the past and found in the actual architecture of how the past has resulted in the present moment for example if three people build a building there was a time where that building wasn't built so if those men said hey we're going to build a building. People would tell those men, oh, you're lying. You're not going to build a building because the building's not built. Or better yet, if the men said, hey, we've built a building. If they have not built that building, people would say, well, you're a liar. But once men build that building and then they say, hey, we built a building, people would say, oh, those men are telling the truth. Because we can see it in the universe. We can connect with it. We can touch it. And we can use it to stabilize ourselves. So that's the truth. And then the truth of that building would be who built this building. Now, after that, men could come along and lie and say, hey, we built this building. And they can take credit for the people who built that building previously. So that's what white people are doing with black people. Where black people built this universe... And then the white supremacist cultures of Jewish Christianity come into the universe and they're taking credit for everything that the black indigenous cultures have built. So then this is where we have the Holy Bible and we have Marvel and we have the government and just Masons overall weaponizing the truth to sell a lie. But we can see that the lies matter because of the truth, because obviously buildings are real. And land is real. But the nuance is who's taking credit for what and who actually created what. 
So that's spiritual warfare at that point. And this is why it's important that you are able to hold on to your own memories because anyone in any circumstance can gaslight you about what you remember. And if you're not confident in your own remembrance, then you're not going to be able to hold on to your connections overall. You know, think about family. If you have a bunch of families that you don't remember, how well can you hold on to those families? Now, that's what I care about in my relationship with God is continuing to hold on to the families that I truly care about and continuing to support more families that I truly care about, which is the whole concept of symmetry, supporting people who don't support me just because that's what trees do ultimately. And that is where Masons got the concept of Spider-Man from all the messengers of Metatron being expressions of supporting people who don't support me. And then that's why we have the concept of superhero culture. And we can see that Mason stole superhero culture from Mercury. So I had to be my own superhero right in this instance. I had to save myself from Jewish racism, from Masons in training. And I knew that based on how happy this guy was to hear that his friend was suggesting killing me. These white men were very excited to pursue that direction and take the universe in that path. So as this guy was telling me that they're going to kill me and that I'm a nigger, the two white men behind him, his friends, pulled out knives huge military knives and this is what i'm saying this is what i'm saying about the masons and the police and the military they are the ones who are the most passionate about killing us so i'm not here to fight with normal everyday just pedestrian like these these men were not just normal everyday people they were the children of either police officers or military officers because normal people don't carry knives like that to be real like to be real to be actually like seriously though in my life i've interacted with many people normal human beings do not carry knives that large (laughs) like even when i'm watching movies i'm only going to see people with knives that big if they are honestly associated with the military or the police So that's the Masons infatuation with metal. Metal is what Masons use to separate your blood from your flesh. That's the true witchcraft here. That's why they're obsessed with Metatron because they stole their ability to murder from Metatron. Sadly, it's really messed up. But this is why Jewish culture worships Metatron as metal, Metaltron, the metal verse. And now they're using the metal verse, the metaverse to separate all of us from each other so that they can make money on our consciousness individually, basically. So I wish, I wish with all my heart that God, the gods of this universe would give me the resources to create the real metaverse for Metatron 
where everyone can actually learn the truth of Mercury and freely express themselves from a consensual and conscious and clear perspective. We would build an infinitely better world if we had infinitely better social media from the actual mind of Mercury. Not the Masons who stole the Metalverse from Metaltron because they want to use metal to separate all of us from our families. And that's why I want to be alive here to be with my family. So these men, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like these children of military police officers have these huge ass metal knives because they're obsessed with separating people from their families. Like, it's like, it's a mental obsession. <laughs> it's a mental obsession. There's no reason to have those. Not okay. Whatever. Just saying though, seriously, seriously, normal people don't carry knives like that. So we need to take a very conscious knife or a scalpel, whatever, to dissect our police force and talk about our military and talk about military spending. Because I'm pretty sure this country could put half of the money that it puts into the military into education and housing. And I would not be stressed out about eviction and no one would be stressed out about eviction. And the military would still be able to kill whoever it wants. You know, like, like is we can have a military that wants to kill anyone. That's fine. But we can also use the money for education and healthy food and housing and a clean environment. So money matters. We see that money means everything to the Masons that use the military to kill people. You know, like, <laughs> I really don't want to hear anyone say that money doesn't matter when money is the entire reason that Masons use metal to kill families and to sell the military as superheroes because they have the biggest obsession with killing us and then lying to us about where we come from. These men objectively are using the lie that I am from somewhere else to justify killing me. When they are the invaders, obviously. Like that's obvious now, but in their world that's this is how powerful lies are. In their world, they must really believe that I came from somewhere else. I can't imagine that. See, that's what's really fucked up and crazy about projection perception. <laughs> that's what's really fucked up and crazy about projection perception. I cannot imagine that they would actually fucking believe I'm from somewhere else. Yet, that's what it means to be black. They believe that white people abducted me from another country and then brought me here and I'm not actually Native American. And this is the Jewish lie that Disney is pushing with Wakanda and with Neverland. <laughs> and this is overall the point of using religion to erase our individuality, our indigenous individuality, with the concept of being white and black. Both of these concepts were brought from foreign lands. Throw all that out. That's not me. I'm not white and I'm not black. But I know the white part of me is my ego and the black part of me is my soul. And I know that my mind is infinitely colorful. So now I can have a human experience. I'm going to cut you out of my life, honestly, if you say otherwise. <laughs>
<laughs> and look, I'm not going to cut you out of my life if you say otherwise, because the point is I support people who don't support me. That's why this entire simulation exists. But I will cut you out of my home because I know that you're not here to help me. You're here to hurt me. That's why you want me to identify as black. The, the people who call me black and call me nigger use these words to hurt me, not help me. That's obviously the entire truth of American history. This isn't, I mean, we can have debates about it, but we're wasting our fucking time if we continue debating about this like it's somehow up for a debate. This is not up for a debate. Like, obviously, the labels nigger and black were created to hurt Native Americans. White people have never helped us a day in our lives. Not once. Any help that white people have given us was so they could help themselves and hurt us. That's the point of America being the greatest nation in the world. That's the point of Thanksgiving being the big holiday for eating whatever you want. White people lie so that they can eat whatever they want. And that's the truth. <laughs> All right? I'm being the messenger for the truth. I just can't believe that these men like truly believe that. But this is what white people truly believe, because that's how convincing the all consuming fire of Abraham's El Kanah is. And it's all just based in their desire to be here first. So it's easy for people to believe a lie when they want to. Honestly, <laughs> you know, it's it's really easy for people to believe a lie when they want to. So it's because white people want to believe that they were here first. Easy. Just easy. Really easy to believe that. No problem. It's no problem for white people to believe that they were here first. Because they want that. That's their desire. That's the frequency that their ego wants to vibrate at. So they would rather believe in a lie than know the truth. It's really sad, but this is what makes America great. This is what has made every president in America great. This is what makes the World Health Organization great. This is what makes the Russian banking system great. The all-consuming fire of Abraham. And this is how it worked through these men to almost kill me. Just like all the other black people that they kill in the name of Jesus. So these were almost certainly the sons of military or police men, because not only did they have knives that only military or police men would have, but also the confidence to use these knives to get away with this could really only be coming from people who feel like the system is protecting them. <laughs> so, hey, good for you, white people. Congrats. Your Jewish system allows you to spread Jehovah's justice by killing whoever you want, lying about it, and then making money saying that the victims are evil. Way to go, Disney. Thanks, Vatican. Thank you, U.S. government. So I was terrified. And I knew I had to be my own superhero. 
And this is where we get fight or flight, right? You know, fight or flight response, adrenaline, boom. It flooded me and it was go time. This guy was serious. The knives that these dudes pulled out were very serious. They were very serious knives. So you want to know what I did? You might want to know what I did, right? Because my feet are off the ground. This guy has me pressed on the wall and I already have a headache. And my eyes are already clouded by tears. So it doesn't seem like there's much I can do. Luckily, this is where every part of your body is a weapon. <laughs> of course, every part of your body is a weapon. You just got to use it properly. And my head was quite close to his head on account of the fact that he's peering into my soul, screaming at me about how I'm a nigger that invaded America to come and rape his white women. When again, I'm Native American, and as you can see from the entire point of this podcast, I'm talking about how peace in Native America was disturbed by white people invading our land to use lies to kill us. So that's why this event matters <laughs> so much, just on like infinite levels in my life and it sent so so many ripples in my consciousness and changed the way i thought about everything and yeah it's transformed me so when those dudes pulled out the knives i knew i had to do something and here's what i did i flexed my neck muscles and sort of pulled my head back as much as I could. Of course, I couldn't pull my head back because it was up against a wall, but I arched it back, you know, pushed my chin up, pulled it up. And once I got in a position, I just blah, headbutted the man who was holding me as hard as I could right in the center of his face. And I felt, I played soccer growing up. <laughs> so I know that when you headbutt a soccer ball, you're supposed to hit it right in the center of your forehead, like in the plate area where the plates kind of fuse together. Uh, supposedly, that's like the strongest part of the forehead. So I got him with that top front center part. Not my forehead forehead, but, you know, right behind the hairline. If you can imagine where a unicorn horn would come out of a human head, right? It's not the forehead, but it's sort of the, the top, but not quite at the top. I think you get what I mean. I headbutted him as hard as I could with the position I was in. And this man fell back. When he fell back... He let me go and my feet, <laughs> my, my toes touched the ground and I got my feet back on the ground. I was finally back grounded again, but I was just barely getting the heels of my feet on the ground when the man on my right, the friend's left, took his knife and straight up stabbed right at my face. And 
the only reason I'm alive talking to you right now is because I was fast enough to dodge. I was fast enough to move my head to the right. And I literally watched this man jut his knife out and I watched this knife pass by my head, literally straight by my head, right where my head was, if I did not move it. And I hear it stab into the fucking brick mortar wall behind me. And I hear that. And he like it. It was just such a loud noise because it showed me that he stabbed with so much force. Like this white man wanted to kill me so much. He stabbed that knife with so much force into the wall. It hurt my ear. Like even though I dodged it, the noise hurt my ear. And that resulting scratch was a further unpleasant sound. That could have only been made by him really jutting that metal into the brick. So I dodged that knife by damn near centimeters. (laughs) And it was once that knife hit the wall and his arm was extended and into the wall that I took my right hand, grasped the side of his head and just slammed his head as hard as I could into the wall that I was pressed up upon. And once I slammed his head as hard as I could into that wall, he fell down and was out, unconscious, dropped his knife and everything. I felt relief. <laughs> let me t- yo, 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 let me tell you. I- <laughs> oh, my gosh, tears. I felt relief. One down, two to go. Because I knew I couldn't play around. I could not play. Like, (laughs) I could not play around here. Like, there was no time for sparring. I did not have time to hold back my punches. Like, this was, this was a chase who was not holding back his punches. (laughs) So, this was a chase who knew that every move had to be very intentional and very impactful i couldn't just like grasp them and try to wrestle them down i had to be precise is what i'm saying i had to be very thoughtful in this encounter so like i'm i'm glad that i was not lit now honestly i don't even think being lit would have made it worse but it no i mean it probably would have like i just i don't like to think that it would have because I want to be able to think that I would always be cognizant no matter what substance is in my system. But, you know, we can see scientifically being sober is a a very clear mindset to be in. And I'm glad that I had a clear sober mindset when dealing with these three angry drunk men. So I slammed that dude's head into the wall. He fell down and he's out. So once he's down, he drops his knife. I turn 
to the main guy who I just headbutted and he tackles me at the waist and I see that he's trying to get me on the ground now again these dudes are all over six foot um like very well like six foot one six foot two like they have one to two inches on me where I'm at and I don't even know if I was fully six foot back then I don't think I was exactly six foot in freshman year I think I kept growing so these people were tall and this dude was trying to get me on the ground and I knew that was a no-go my like in all parts of me I knew for an absolute fact that was a no-go I did not want to be on the ground with this man so that's where I squatted right dropped my center of gravity I stood my ground it became more like the wrestling sumo wrestler thing where you had to drop your center of gravity and squat down and hold on <laughs> so that the person tackling you does not actually get you on your back. And I did that. And so then that's where we were struggling. And his friend, the last friend with the knife, he's trying to get to me, but he can't slash me when his friend is holding on to me. So he's kind of like in the back like behind his friend trying to slash me and I'm holding his friend in this like sort of wrestler sumo wrestler lock now when they attacked me they attacked me next to this bus stop and I remember this bus stop fondly <laughs> uh, fondly jokes whatever but just saying fondly i remember this bus stop because i threw the dude into the bus stop one but two i had to show the security officer at school where this event happened and i had to show him the bus stop and everything so it's just funny because the environment matters and you know this bus stop very well just worked to also save my life because for whatever reason this dude he was tackling me and I was able to lift him up and throw him into the bus stop and mind you the bus stop is not glass so it didn't like shatter it's that flexible plexiglass you know so it's like plastic glass you can see through it but it bends and that's what he hit so he hit the plexiglass it bends and then he falls down and he's out so that's two dudes down and just one dude left and i i guess i'm grateful that there was a plexiglass bus thing there but I mean, if it wasn't there, I would have just thrown him into the wall. So, I mean, I would have just thrown him to the right instead of the left. It would not have been that big of a deal. But it was after I did that, that the third friend just started wailing on me, slashing, slicing, dicing. And I'm here dodging, just weaving, dodging and weaving his <laughs> slices and slashes and dices so that I don't get any gashes 
right? His slashes will give me gashes, so I'm dodging slices and dices. And I'm not going to lie, it was kind of nices, <laughs> just to rhyme. But hey, it was kind of nice. It was kind of ice. It was pretty cold, you know, in, in my reflection, the way I was dodging. All right, I was I was in the air. Uh, yo, this was air mode. If I didn't have air powers, this would have not turned out the way it turned out. So it's only because I had air powers that I was dodging. Dodging these slashes. And it was in one of his slashes, I found an opening. So what I did was a, a synchronized attack. He's taller than me. So I figured I needed to bring his face down to my level so that I could actually hit it properly. And that's where, when I dodged one of his slashes, I took my leg up and kicked his left knee back. And by kicking his left knee back, he fell down. <laughs> this shit, look, <laughs> look, just to kind of like, you know, thinking about myself, this was kind of cold. All right, this is kind of cold. I don't like the pain that I inflicted upon him at all. But as far as saving my life and saving myself, this was kind of cold. Because I kicked his knee down, he fell down. And once his head fell down, I took my left elbow and boom, just hit him right in the center of the nose as hard as I could. With my left elbow just bah! And it was crazy because I'd, I've never inflicted so much pain on someone in my entire life. And I, I hope I never will again. I, I really hope so. Honestly, with all my heart. I understand if I have to, I have to. <laughs> Gotta activate the adrenaline. But I don't want to. Even if they are a racist and evil and using a gaslighting religion to steal the land of indigenous peoples, to steal the land of my family and steal my freedom and my peace. I would much rather talk it out so that you can go back to your family and I don't have to kill you. But here... I had to do something because this guy was just going to keep slashing. All right. So I kicked his leg out. And when he fell down, I elbowed him as hard as I could right in the center of his nose. And the scream he made was immense. Yo, man, there's so many noises like right in my left ear. It's annoying. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, the knife noises in my left ear. And this dude's scream was mainly in my left ear. His scream echoed through the neighborhood because it's empty. It's black. It's dark. It's empty. All right. There's street lamps like you, you can perhaps sort of imagine a city street where it's dark, abandoned, empty, and it's only illuminated by sparse street lamps. That was this. That was this circumstance. And this dude screamed and it echoed through the entire matrix <laughs> and blood gushed from his nose as he 
fell backwards, screaming. He dropped his knife, clattered on the ground. He grabs his nose, and blood is flowing, and he's screaming so loud. Yo, the moment he hit the ground, <laughs> I hit the ground, running. So the moment his head hit the ground, screaming, my feet hit the ground, running, and I was Sonic X. <laughs> I was the Flash. I was Mercury Man. Sonic X just running out of there. Now, looking back, if I was more calm and stable, if I was more in my Earth element, I actually would have taken all their wallets. I feel like maybe that would have been a move, right? As far as anyone telling me, you should report this to the police. If I was really thinking about reporting them to the police, I would have taken their wallets so I could have their identification. And they wouldn't have it. So it would be undeniable. But I was thinking about survival. I wasn't thinking about reporting them to their families. Reporting them to themselves well, so they can be more mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Fart noise to that. Nah. Instead, I sped out of there. Booked it. All right. I learned my lesson and I booked it. So I literally, I just, I'm running. I don't look back. I run straight to the blue line i went i run straight all the way down like i'm like dodging through there's like construction stuff i don't give a fuck i'm running through the construction stuff like on the sidewalk you know they have construction running through that like jumping on stuff doing like little bits of parkour running i get into the main area where like people are around restaurants it doesn't matter still running I get to the blue line, I run down the stairs, I pull out my pass, I scan into the shit, <laughs> I like frantically scan in, run down, get down the stairs, and I had to wait for the train for a solid 20 minutes, yo, felt like some of the 20, longest 20 minutes of my life waiting down at that station i went and hid behind a pillar and i waited i hid behind a pillar and i waited for the train and i was terrified that those men would come down and find me of course i'm terrified that those men are chasing me so i pull out my phone and i text some of the friends at the party i didn't text everyone but i texted a few just a few to tell them what happened because I didn't want to freak everyone out. And then funnily enough, one of the people I also texted about this is the girl that I'm living with right now. So shout out my roommate for being a very real friend that I met in my freshman year of college. <laughs> Relationships are great. So I was waiting for so long, but finally the train arrived. I felt even more relief because I'm incredibly tense, but it's once I get on the train and sit down and those doors close 
and the men never come, the men never find me, I start crying. <laughs> you know, I'm bro. <laughs> so like seriously, I'm I'm crying on the train. I'm crying on the way home. My head hurts. I'm holding on to those memories and I'm dealing with the energy of what just happened and I'm crying to release the emotion. See, so that's a great time where I knew as a man, it doesn't make sense for me to hold this in. I should let this out because I'll be able to build upon it later and it'll be fine. (laughs) You know, like the train wasn't full of people at this time. It was like 150, damn near two o'clock at this point. So I cry on the train. I get home. I get into my apartment. I shower. I check out my head. It hurts a lot, but there didn't seem to be blood. So huzzah. And I go to sleep. So the next day, long story short, because there's just so many more details all right and this is this is the main point okay is the actual event and sharing this but there's a bunch of details after this where i end up going to the office i tell the school about what happened i tell the security guards the details i end up getting admitted into school therapy So not only did I tell the security guards all about all this, but then I end up getting a school therapist because that's, you know, what naturally they do. People get therapy for way less. (laughs) So my school offered therapy for people who are just depressed for any reason. So, I mean, me going through a hate crime, they insisted that I do that. And then that's where I'm in therapy. I'm talking to a white Jewish man. Literally, like, this is a white Jewish man. Like, he has his straight-up Jewish white man afro. He's looking like, low-key, he looked like he could be related to little little Dicky, to Dave. <laughs> you know, he's like that stereotypical Jewish white man with his curly hair. And... It, it felt so stupid, honestly. It felt so stupid that I found myself crying in front of him about how traumatic this experience was. He, he didn't say anything to help me really feel better about it. Like the school was just saying I needed to go to therapy. And then I just broke down in front of a white Jewish dude who doesn't even understand what I'm going through. And he's the one who benefits off of white people treating me like that. So then that's just where I didn't want to go to therapy anymore. (laughs) You know, the school wanted me to keep going to therapy for that. And that was not it. That was not the move for me. Like it's, it was just going to be a waste of time. So instead of going to therapy, I ended up using this experience to do a performance art piece and this performance art piece was for the saturday class that i was going to (laughs) to even result in this experience happening so i made it work for school um and that's because in class this was a core studio class where in freshman year they're making you try everything 
So this is my first time doing performance. And it was after this experience that I ended up doing a performance art piece where I fought a bunch of invisible forces inside of a room. And I had a camera recording, but I don't think I have the recording, which is disappointing. Um, I think something happened with the recording. I don't have it. Garbage. But this resulted in me working uh, with my TA who has the recordings of our performances. I just don't have them from her. We did three performances. I have the first one that's on YouTube. And that's on the website. So that's the whole performance that I did with Marcella Torres. And the, all the performances I did with Marcella were branching off from me doing this performance based in working out my trauma. So this performance was, I basically, I had all the, my classmates stand outside the room. Then I was inside the room and then I was fighting and I'm fighting the air as hard as I can. And I'm like fighting all these invisible forces in the air. And then I have my classmates come in so that they can see me and surround me. And then that's where this is sort of a small room. So people were coming in and going out because not everyone could be in there. But the point was for people to be able to come into the room and be around me as I'm fighting for my life. And it was a solid like three minutes, maybe five minutes. Um, but of course, over the course of the performance, the point is I'm getting more exhausted. So at the beginning, I'm fighting and I have all this energy. But over time, I'm getting more and more tired. And at some point, I stop and I can't fight anymore. And then that's the end. I wish I had the recording because the overall word that people told me was intense. <laughs> uh, people were saying it was impactful, but mainly the word was intense. And considering where the performance was coming from, uh, that felt like an appropriate word <laughs> for the emotions that made that performance possible. So it was when my TA saw me uh, do that performance that then she talked to me about what she had a vision for and that's why you can go see me and her fighting each other and and competing against each other and then dancing in a cage that's constructed around us and it's all about racism it's all an artistic representation of honestly everything i'm talking about on this podcast so shout out Marcella Torres <laughs> and shout out all the artists that made the productions Marcella and I brought into the world possible because many people were working with us to make those productions possible. And I very much value and treasure all that time and all that work that people put into supporting our vision because nothing happens alone. 
the fact that those people put work into supporting our vision means everything to me honestly so thank you to all the artists seriously thank you to everybody that made my and marcella's productions possible i did three things with her we like we literally ended up traveling to detroit for one of them so it's just very interesting as i wrap up this podcast i just want to reflect on how chaotic the universe is and how although i never would have imagined that experience for myself i was forced to go through it for the wisdom of why god matters to the jewish culture of america and why white supremacy uses the truths of black people to sell the lies of judaism and why does america celebrate using metal to kill people while victimizing itself literally because these white men victimized themselves so that they could justify using their metal to kill me they victimized themselves saying that black people are are taking their women and invading america so they need to cut us out and when i ask god why i i've gone through this the answer is wisdom the answer is so i can have a more personal relationship with how real the vibration is and i can have a more personal relationship with how real other individuals desires are it's only because white men desire to steal america from the indigenous peoples that they call black that this circumstance is even possible me speaking english about being almost killed in chicago is only possible because white men use their jealous egos to kill and separate black men from this world and from their families they kill black men so that they can separate us from our families because they want what we have that's the only reason i'm forced to speak english right now and this is the true history of planet earth for the last 2023 years this is objectively why everyone knows jesus was black before the government that killed him whitewashed him and sold him to us as white it's an open secret we all know that jesus was actually black but that's literally how deep this system goes that's how deep this english system goes in using black people using the sacrifice of black people to support the lives of white people so those white men wanted to use me as a black sacrifice to support their white lives and that's what makes america great and esoterically it's it's scary but some like this circumstance according to everything that i'm learning about my past lives was a manifestation of the ku klux klan working to cannibalize ku klux klan working to kill ku klux klan those men were working for the ku klux klan just like the police and the military and the celebrities of hollywood just like the politicians of the united states government all the ku klux klan because what i'm saying is objectively true the russian european racists who invaded native america and stole this land from my family have only named themselves the ku klux klan 
because they want to replace Kukul Khan. That's the witchcraft that they're practicing here. Clearly, it's been working, right? So clap it up. Way to go. We're only having this conversation because it's been working. So I'm emotionally exhausted from talking about this. I hope that there are spirits who actually care about the truth. And I hope that there are spirits in this universe who have the power to care about the truth to such a degree that we can make the truth matter. Because according to white supremacy and the Jewish cultures of jealous Jehovah, truth doesn't matter. Lies matter. And that's why I have to talk like this. Because to the Jewish God, lies matter. That's why the Jewish God says that we as Native Americans were created to serve him because lies matter. And now our relationship with matter is colonized by our relationship with this lie. Life is lie. See, so this is the English language. I'm saying like that's how deep this is in English. Life would not sound like lie if what I was saying is not true. So I hope you learned something from listening to me talk about my experience. If you want to see my performance pieces, you can check that out on my website. And just know your spirit is your God. Your space is your God. So as long as you love yourself, you will be able to stay connected to spirits who love you too. And it's only once you really stop loving yourself that you're going to feel disconnected from spirits who really love you. And you can really be connected to the spirits that love you. But if you don't love yourself, you're not going to feel like you are supported by or connected to the spirits who truly love you. And that's what it feels like for me. This is why my relationship with God is so negative. I've already almost been killed by this world. And I'm dealing with this eviction and I'm learning about how all my past lives are connected by one soul. Yet I feel like God hates me because I'm going through this life and this life is full of hate. I'm not hateful, but me living this life in a universe with a bunch of hateful gods and hateful individuals makes life hard because it's full of people who hate me. And now I have to learn why. And that's emotional intelligence at that point. That's where all this emotional intelligence comes from. Honestly, I've had to learn why people hate me. If I was not emotionally intelligent about why people hate me, I wouldn't be able to understand my culture's relationship with the cultures that are alienating me in my own home. Because Jewish culture alienates Native American culture. Native American culture does not alienate Jewish culture in any way, shape, or form. That's why they alienate us, because we welcome them in. If we alienated them, they would never be able to alienate us because they would have never landed and invaded and been able to make us build a new world for them. It's terrifying. It's really scary how jealous these racist religions are. And how far they go to use us for unimaginably horrible things. 
all because they believe in the lie that we were created to serve them. But that lie matters to them, obviously. And once you believe it, it matters to you too. But I can promise you this is the truth. Your soul was not created by a space outside of your own. Your soul was not created by a spirit outside of your space. It's not possible. Your space created your own soul. That's how you know that you as a spirit have an infinitely individual relationship with God. And you're blinded by your ego because your ego is your personal expression of God. But when you're in a universe where you're not alone, you have to know that God is bigger than just one spirit. God is bigger than just one space. So the concept of God is all of our spirits and all of our spaces making infinite possibilities possible. And that's the concept of space creating structures. So when we're all in our God space, we have to make infinite possibilities possible. That's why we build structures. And when we build the structures, now the structure makes what was impossible possible. And this is why everyone's lost in light. And that's, this is how Masons are using the metaverse to get everyone lost in light. As long as we can structure light a certain way, we just turned the impossible to the possible. So now it's really easy to make people believe in anything if they can see it. And that's how Masons are using the metaverse to manipulate all of us. We can't see a sickness in the air. But when we open up our phones, we see that doctors are telling us there's a sickness in the air. That's a superpower that they're using to manipulate our minds. Okay, so this is very real. This is why we need to protect ourselves from liars while also taking responsibility for our own liar, which means taking responsibility for your own fire. Those white men who came so close to killing me that night are using lies to do what they want. And they had a very real effect on me. Just like they have a very real effect on whoever else they want to antagonize. All because they're lying to themselves. So this is why fire is the war element. And spirits use fire to go to war. So those men who want to go to war, white people want to go to war on black people, they use projection to do that. And that's the projects. So this is why everyone's idea of God is ultimately a projection of their future. So this is why your relationship with God is individual to your soul. Because your God has a projection of your future that's based in your ego. And because no one else has your ego, no one else has your future. That's pretty simple to understand, right? This is why we're all going to experience our own futures together. Because we all experience our own egos together. So this is God's plan. So this is why God's plan is bigger than just one spirit. And that's the details of communication. Jewish culture teaches us that God is one spirit because their plan is colonialism and complete control of our consciousness, a.k.a. slavery. And that's why they have Billy Carson teaching us that everyone in the universe is an expression of one light talking to itself. That's Judaism, scientific Judaism, objectively. 
They just turned their religion into a science and they're using a black man to do that because they know how powerful the emerald tablets are. So here's Symmetry's emerald tablets of truth right here. I'm sharing with you and I'm sacrificing myself to do it. So this is the reality of racism. And this is the reality of religion. This is the reality of how Russia is using racism and religion to give white people privilege for erasing the connection black people have with God objectively. And we all deserve to be consensually and congruently connected to God. I don't worship child sacrifice. I don't believe that children should die for me to go to heaven. Christianity is an anti-Semitic religion because I don't worship killing Jews to go to heaven. Christians are anti-Semitic, not me. The system is anti-Semitic, not me. The system stole the concept of being a Jew from me so that it can teach everyone to kill me when I come back, which is what I'm going through, objectively. So, that's the truth. Use this knowledge and wisdom responsibly. Stay awesome and stay conscious. Peace out. Much love. I'll talk to you later. Yeah.